I did as a kid. Okay, not anymore. And that probably would have been classified as animal cruelty. <laughs> awesome. We always had the barn or the radio going in the barn. Yeah. And I would walk through there looking at the cows, playing with the cats, and be serenading the cows. So, yeah. But, but not anymore. No, no, we don't do that anymore. We are live. We are live. I am so excited to be chatting with Sarah Schubert. I'm not sure how we got connected. It had something to do with Country 107. You, you know, some, you like to listen to the radio and you responded to something. And the first time I had a conversation with you, Sarah, I was like, this girl, I like her and I enjoy her. Now, Sarah Schubert, tell us about yourself, where you live, all about your family. What kind of farm do you run? Well, thank you, Carly. Um, we run a cow-calf operation out here by Lone Sand, Manitoba, and we have about 350, almost 400 cows, and we calve them out in the spring, and we raise the babies up until uh, the following spring when they're a year old, and then they go on to their new homes. And it's just my husband and I, Christian, that do this. Mostly by ourselves. We we do get some help once in a while from friends or family or neighbors, but most of the time it's just us. We try not to bother our friends and family to come help us too much. Right. So is this like first generation ranch? Um, Christian's family came here from Germany in 1984. So they were farming there previously. And then they came here and... Uh, they had a pig farm, and then they bought the ranch by Zoda in 1990, I believe. Okay. And I'm from the States. My family, yeah, both sides, multi-generations of farming. Um, my dad milked cows for almost 50 years. I want to say it was 46, 47 years he milked cows. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of into the farming thing. Clearly, you are. So, would we call we call this a ranch? Do we call you a rancher? Do we call you a farmer? What do we call you? Uh, that I've had discussions with people on that. I consider myself a farmer. Okay, and that's probably a lot because I grew up on a dairy farm, so I'm a farmer. Mm. Christian, I consider more of a rancher. Um, I don't really ride horse. I have ridden horse, so to me, to be a proper rancher, you have to ride and rope, that kind of thing. So I just consider myself a farmer. Okay, that's but fair. Christian's definitely the rancher. Okay. So you don't have, do you have any milk cows on your farm? No. No, not one. Not one. I'm kind of surprised, Sarah. I, I've i tried. You've tried? Okay. I had milk cows back home and I right. tried getting Christian to, to go along with me bringing them up here, but he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no room for the milk cows. And I actually had one that was half Holstein and half beef, but... She's no longer here, so... She's no longer on this earth. Yep. Okay. So what does a normal day look like for you as a farmer? Because that's what you are. You are a farmer. You are part of the farm. Yes. Yes. What does a normal day look like for you? I don't understand that question. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> there is no such thing as a normal day. There just isn't. Okay. Okay. Um, like in the spring, you know, we're, we're calving our cows. So, yeah, in the morning you... You get up, you go check the cows, and and later on in the day you go take those calves so that you know who they belong to, which cow is their mom. 
and keep everybody healthy and fed, and you just keep doing that all day, every day. Just keep checking them and keep those babies warm and dry and healthy, and, and that's it. And then you send them to pasture, and then life gets a little bit easier because they're, they're bigger. They're more self-sufficient. They're with the cows, and they don't need quite as much attention as the newborns do. Right. But then hay season starts. Or maybe we got crops to put in because we do grow corn for our cows and some oats. So that stuff gets going, and it it just keeps rolling through the various little mini seasons within each season. Okay, so you would say your life is not normal? No. Or routine, let's go with that. There you go, routine. There's no such thing as routine. Okay, well, that's insightful. So that would be something, you know, some of us that don't live on the farm wouldn't understand that. Are there any other kind of misconceptions you think people have about farming? Oh, there's quite a few misconceptions. (laughs) I I don't know if we have enough time for all of those. Give me, me you know, one or two. (laughs) One of the big ones right now for me is uh, the climate change issue. Oh, okay. How so? You know, I'm not saying that all everything we do is perfect, but in agriculture, we are constantly trying to improve our techniques and and do things better for the health of the the land, the environment, the people that consume our products. We're we're doing the best we can, but that is not what's causing all of the issues um, on our planet. We need to look more at industry, manufacturing, and travel. And not that those things need to all stop. We just got to find better ways of doing them. Right. So, and so I feel like agriculture always gets the blame. We're the scapegoat for everything. Right. And I feel like we're the ones trying the hardest to do better. And everybody else is just kind of like, well, this is just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's the cow's fault and it's not... Right. Or manufacturing or anything. So, like, cow farts. Yes. <laughs> I, I often read that, or when I read that, I just kind of go, really? We're blaming climate change on cow farts. Yeah. Of all the farting animals on the world, it's the cows. It's the cows that are doing it. Yeah, that is a pretty big misconception. I oh, can, huge. I can understand that one. What other, you know, what other major misconception do you think people have about farming? Um, well, this is another one that's... Um, you don't hear as much about it anymore, like you kind of do sometimes, but um, it's kind of on the back burner, but it really bugs me, and that's that farmers abuse their animals. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I follow your Facebook page, Lone Country Ranch. It is, I love it because you give such a good insight, and you refer to your animals almost like they're family, Right, like you name them, correct? Yeah, there's some special ones out there, yes. Yeah, like, you know, we know you, looking at your Facebook page, I can see that you love your animals. So thinking that people uh, misuse or abuse your animals, that bothers you. Oh, yeah. 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 And, you know, they do drive you nuts sometimes. Like, we do have some cows that get a little ornery or don't want to cooperate or maybe want to run you over. (laughs) So, you know, they're not all sweet animals, but just to go out there and say that farmers are abusing them, you know, no, it, it's not happening. We, you, can't, you can't do that. You can't run a farm and look after these animals and go out there and beat them and mistreat them 
and starve them or whatever the people think we're doing out here. Right, right. You know, sometimes we have to do things to them that they don't like or we have to force them to go places that they don't like at the time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like loading them on a trailer. They don't really like that. And and some of them, like, you can kind of see sometimes with the older cows, they're just like, yeah, here we go, get on the trailer. Because then we go to grass. Right. And that's a good thing. But it's just like people have to do things they don't like, so do the cows. So, yeah, there's a purpose behind the things you're doing. Yeah, I can yeah. see that why that would be a big misconception. Yeah. What What is your favorite thing about farming? What's the best thing about farming? There's a lot of good things. Okay, tell me. Um, I, I love calving season. Why? Why do you love calving season? I just season? love seeing those babies coming out and like, you know, you have to pick uh, the right bulls and buy the right bulls and you... You watch these cows, you know, they start out as calves and they grow up into these nice cows and then they have nice calves. And it's just so fun to see what your hard work is producing, that you're getting these beautiful calves and they're healthy and they're thriving. And I also love watching them on pasture, you know, when we check them in the summer and, you know, they're all fat and healthy and happy. I know in one of my posts I referred to the calves as having beefy butts because they're just so round and they just look amazing. And I love that. You see your hard work pay off. You see that those days when it's snowing and blowing and cold and you're trying to keep the calves warm and you're bringing them into the hot box and or they're sick and you're treating them and then they're out on pasture and look what that calf is doing. Look how it's growing. Yeah. I love that. I I often hear or you know in my recollection people talking about calving season as oh it's calving season right so it has those moments yeah trust me yeah it's it, but it's refreshing to hear you speak about it with such joy yeah yeah it's not always like that like uh, uh this past april there was one night and it wasn't even a bad storm but there was a little bit of a storm that came through and of course that's when everybody decides to have their calf so you got some calves that are a little chilled and, you know, maybe the cow's not getting the calf up to nurse and you're out there hauling them in and it's windy and trying to snow and it's just kind of gross out. And that's when you're like, maybe we should just have 50 cows. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is too much. <laughs> but then the next day you're like, you know what, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was a nuisance, but it wasn't that bad. In the moment it was hard, yeah. Yep. There wasn't three feet of snow. It wasn't 40 below. It was just a nuisance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like your perspective on that. I love that. was an interesting favorite part of farming. Well, So we've talked about favorite. What's the worst or the hardest part of farming? The hardest part is when you have to get rid of a favorite cow. Oh. Or you have one that's sick and you're trying to get it better and it's it's just not happening. Right. And there's only so much you can do, especially with a 1,200-pound animal. There, There's only so much we can do to help them. Right. All the medicine in the world might not help. It's that you need to be able to help them get up or, you know, it, it, it's just, it's not easy. It's not like taking your cat to the vet and it, you can do some surgery or whatever to, to fix them. It, it's We do do surgery on our animals when they need it, but... Some things are just harder to treat on a cow. Right. Right. 
So interesting to hear you say that is the hardest part of farming. And then I go back to what you said about misconceptions, about people saying you're abusing your animals. The hardest part for you is when they are not well. I I like how that correlates together, Sarah. Yeah, well, and it's great when they're, they're you can get that animal back healthy. Right. You know, I, I had a calf. This is back when I was still at, at home uh, at, at my parents. And she had... She somehow injured herself, had a huge gash on her front leg, and we had the vet out, and he couldn't sew it back together. But he said, I don't know if it's gone into the joint. I don't know what her prognosis is. It's it's a big gash, and it could be deep. So he said, just do the best you can, told me how to clean it and bandage it. And I want to say it took two months to get that really well healed up. Right. And it was such a huge gash, and after it all closed up, there was the tiniest little scar there. And I was just so amazed at how well that healed mm-hmm. from even the vet saying, I don't know if, if this animal's going to make it. And this was in the summer. you got to worry about flies and infection. But we, we kept her on antibiotics. We kept her uh, wound dressing cleaned and changed and... It was amazing. I wish I would have taken pictures of it to document it, but I honestly thought I this was a dead animal. Yeah. So those are very rewarding too, but it's just frustrating when you can't fix everything. Right. Yeah, exactly, right? And then you, yeah, you've, you've poured your time and energy into something and then for it to not come through, yeah. I, I can see that being a very yeah. hard part. I'm going to assume that another hard part of farming is going to be the whole weather thing. How has this year been for you guys? I know, you know, we're in what they're calling a drought. How, how do you, how's this year been for you guys? Well, it is dry here. I'm not going to lie. It is dry, but we have been very lucky. We have gotten some not great, but timely rains, just enough to keep things going. And we are doing way better than, probably the rest of the province. Really? Yeah. The Zoda area has been getting rain. It's not, like I said, it's still dry. Places where there should be standing water, there's not. Right. But it's just enough to keep it going. So you still have enough uh, enough pasture for the cattle right now? So far, knock on wood, yes. So far. How, how do you manage dealing with the weather? How do you, like, I mean, it's out of your control, right? Right, and... You know, growing up farming your whole life, you you just, you know, it's just a wild card and you just move on with it. Right. Right. What are you hearing from other farmers that are, you know, dealing with their cattle right now? I mean, like you, I was surprised to hear you say, you know, you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, I know we've got some friends up in the inner lake and they are struggling. It is tough. Even... If the grass isn't the problem, the problem is they don't have water for their animals. Their dugouts are dry. They're hauling water. They're running uh, lines from the wells to keep their animals watered. It It's tough. I, I don't even like seeing it on the news because you know it's bad up there, but it, you don't realize how bad it is until you see those pictures. Right. Do you like? And it's got to be hard to know, okay, we aren't there, but it could be. We could be. Yeah, next year could be totally different. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, and that's the that would be to me one of the most the the difficult part of farming. It's the the reliance upon, you know, you can't control the weather. Yeah. Yeah. 
Who has been the biggest influence in your life or someone you'd consider a mentor? That's pretty easy. It's my dad. Okay, tell me about your dad. My dad, same. He grew up farming. His parents milked cows. Of course, it was a smaller herd back then. And uh, he married my mom, and they just found their way back into farming. He kept helping at home on the farm until he could get his own cattle purchased, and they bought their own farm, and that's that's just the way it's always been. We just were farmers. It's in our blood. And so you learned by watching him and working with him? Yeah. yeah. You- and I still call him all awesome. the time about stuff, whether it's a cow or a calf that's sick and, ah, what do you think, you know, what do you think's going on here? Or a tractor that's given us problems. I totally call him and, and quiz him on stuff. Awesome. So uh, he's retired? Yeah. Well, so, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Never retired, right? No, no. He, he sold the milk cows. He's got a few beef cows, and he does a little grain farming. So so not retired? Well, <laughs> technically retired, but no. Right, right. Still doing stuff. Got to keep busy. Oh, for sure. What did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a veterinarian, Ooh. which seems obvious, or uh, a singer or a comedian. This is a rather eclectic list of things yeah. you wanted to be, Sarah. So you are, you would classify yourself as a bit of a performer? I don't now at all, but okay. I just love watching the singers. I love the comedians. Um, but I can't sing, and I'm not that funny, so those <laughs> things are just out. So do you sing to your cows? I did as a kid. Okay, not anymore. And that probably would have been classified as animal cruelty. <laughs> awesome. We always had the barn go- or the radio going in the barn. Yeah. And I would walk through there looking at the cows, playing with the cats, and be serenading the cows. So, yeah. But but not anymore. No, no, we don't do that anymore. No. Or you just don't want to publicly say it. No, no, I don't do no, that no anymore. More Somebody might drive in the yard and catch me singing, and that would not be good. <laughs> no, okay. So, but the so the other one was being a veterinarian. What changed with that? I mean, you're still hands on with animals. Yeah, and I I just love I love science. I love medicine. I love animals. Um, I was on a path to go that way. Uh, I, I went to vet tech school. I was working at the University of Minnesota Veterinary Teaching College and taking classes part-time, trying to get to that goal. And it just all got to be too much. It was uh, working overnights and trying to go to school. And I just was burning out on, on what I was doing. And I'm like, this this isn't what I want anymore. Right. So... But I still get to do a lot of that stuff. I get to work with the vet, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's just I wish I had more of that knowledge of why this is happening. You right. Know, what What's making this animal sick? What can I do to help make her better? Why isn't this treatment working? Interesting. I, I wish I had yeah. that depth of knowledge from going to vet school, but... But, but so you clearly see the value of vets though, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you tell your 22-year-old self? 
or you know a young girl that's considering farming what would you what advice would you give to them my 22 year old self i don't know what i would say cuz farming wasn't quite on the radar at that time okay but um young girl that wants to get out farm get out there and do it and i know there's some people it's getting a lot better now but there are still some people that see a girl out doing that stuff and they're kind of what are you doing here why don't you go get a, a nice job where you don't have to get dirty you don't have to work so hard you don't have to be sweaty there are still those people out there but just get out there and do it right because i know often you know when it comes to farming people reference the farm as you know the husband's or the man's job and yes. your job would be something else do you see that in your own life I have seen that a little bit where some people refer to it as Christian's farm, and it's like, well, it's kind of both of us. Like, right. There are jobs that he does that is just he has to do them because, you know, he's got the class one license or um, he's bigger and stronger, so he has to do this because I just physically can't. Right. But we do things together, and, you know, I've... I didn't do a lot of this stuff at home. I did more of the animal care when I was back home. But since I came here, I've learned to cut hay, bale hay, rake hay. I, I do that stuff. And it's I don't like it when people say that you're helping your husband because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's ours. Right, right. This is your farm together. It's not yeah. his. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. We, like uh, like I said before, we have cows, but some of my cows I had before I met Christian, and I brought them with me to Canada. And he had cows before he met me, and now we have everything's together, but they're still my cows. Right. Because I bottle raise them. They're, they're, they're my babies. And Christian always says, you know, your cow this, or, you know, what do you want to do with your cow? But the rest of them are our cows. Right, right. So this is the team effort. This isn't just one or the other. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. I know, uh, you know, life on the farm is rather busy. What, what If you had a full day off completely to yourself, what would that look like? This doesn't happen nearly enough. Uh, the last time this happened was a year ago, but I just like to go out in the woods. That's what I did as a kid. I would just always go play out in the woods, and I still like doing that. I like to go out and just walk around, look at the flowers, look at the trees, just just see what's out there in nature. That That, to me, is a relaxing day off. Right. So why do you say you don't get them nearly enough? Because it's just really busy on the farm. Right. It, it's just chasing from one job to the next. Like, it, you know, you, you get the cows out to pasture, you're like, oh, good, that job is done. Now we can breathe. Oh, hey, we got to get the hay put up now. So now you start working on haying and and you get that job done. And then, well, we got some fence we got to fix. So then you go out and you do that. And then... It just keeps keeps flowing. It's never-ending. So is there like a huge to-do list at, in your kitchen? <laughs> like, do, does it just, all, like, it sounds to me like it's just always on. Yeah, we're always on. And 
there's no list because oh god, I can imagine trying to manage a list. But it, it's some days I feel like we're just going to the next fire. Yeah. It's it, okay. We have to do this job now. We got to get the cattle moved to the next pasture. We got to fix some fence over here so we can move those cows. It's whatever has to be done is what gets done at that day. Right. Got to prioritize and what? Yeah, fire. I like. I like how you call it fire. Yeah, we're just moving to the next fire and trying to put that one out, and then another one flares up. <laughs> uh, that's a very interesting way of looking at it. When you are driving around from place to place, w- what are you listening to? Country 107. Oh, <laughs> I would just like to go on record that that was not pre, you know, I did not, that was not a premeditated answer. No, totally not. That's what we listen to. Awesome. So. And- the only time we don't listen to it is sometimes, well, a lot of times when we're both in the pickup together, the radio's turned down because we're talking about stuff. Right. But, yeah, when I'm alone in the car, definitely. Oh, that's so good. So who's your, who, who's your go-to? When you hear it, you turn it up. Jason Aldean. Yeah. Um, I, and honestly... I don't even know a lot of the singers anymore. It's just, oh, hey, this song is on. And I, I yes. turn that one up. I really like that song, and I turn it up. So, But, yeah, Jason Aldean, he's got some really good ones I like. Awesome. Well, I love that you listen to Country 107. Here's an interesting question. I'm curious to hear your answer to what is on your bucket list. What do you want to do? I don't I don't really have a bucket list. Right. Um, I, I was thinking about that the other day, like, a lot of people have their bucket list, and I, I just don't have that. But if if I wanted to put something on there, I guess what it would be is I really want to go to Yellowstone National Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is actually a beautiful place. Yeah, I've wanted to go there since I was nine years old, I think. Right. I did a report on Yellowstone when I was in school, <laughs> and I've always wanted to go. You want to go check out what you did on your report? Where did, yeah. Where did you grow up? Central Minnesota. Okay. So how did you end up in Lone Sand, Manitoba? Oh, it's not a romantic story. Oh. <laughs> no, no, you got to tell me though, because this is interesting. It, it it's a, a very unique story. I will tell you that it's very unique. Um, I was when I was working uh, at the university. And I finally got to the point where I was just, I'm done, and I don't want to do this anymore. I I love that job. It was probably the best job I'm ever going to have. But uh, I'm just like, I'm done, and I need out of here. And uh, I asked my brothers who work at the local slaughterhouse to find me a job. They work maintenance. I'm like, find me something. And they're like, you don't want to work here. I'm like, well, I need something temporary until I can find something I like better. And I ended up working in the barn of the slaughterhouse, cattle receiving. So all these semi-loads of cattle come in. I unload them, pen the cattle, clean the pens, feed them if necessary. And I did that for several years. And then the Canadian border finally reopened for Canadian cows to come down. And after a couple years, who wanders in but this really tall, Slender guy for that drove for Funk's livestock, and yeah, that was it. You met I, in the slaughterhouse barn. I met. We met in the slaughterhouse barn. You're right. It's not romantic. No, but it is it's very not memorable. At all. 
Not at all. But yeah, so uh, Christian just, we started talking about cattle. I, I talked to all the truckers that came in. But, right. But yeah, and he started talking about tractors and and yeah, it just one thing led to another and eventually gave him my cell phone number and and yeah, all of a sudden I'm in Canada. And here you are. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. And you're and you came across the border with your cattle. Yep. My cows were actually here legally before I was. <laughs> I was just a visitor and they had status in Canada. Oh, not too many people can say that. No. My cattle were legal before I was. Yep. Oh, awesome. I I have one question I like to ask everybody because I'm a lover of ice cream. All things creamed that is iced. Mm-hmm. I love it. So what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? There's no such thing as a bad flavor. Oh. But. Very bold um, statement. Chocolate's good. Okay. Chocolate marshmallow, which I've noticed you don't have in Canada. I was going to say no. Yeah, we have that back home. But what I really like to get, uh, like when we're out checking cows, and especially if it's hot, we have some cows on pasture by Vita. So we like to swing into something special in Vita, and they have ice cream cones there. And I like the black cherry ice cream. Oh, I have been to something special, and they do have good ice cream. Yeah. They do have very good ice cream. It's actually on my bucket list to get down to the farmer's market in Vita because rumor has it that the Amish that live in the area yes. make ice cream. Yes. I haven't tried that yet, but we've gone several times, many times, a lot, often, to <laughs> something special and get a cone. That is good. Well, I like that. That is, that's a great way to enjoy your ice cream in, in Vita. Yep. And then you go look at your cows. There, yeah. Do you, are you finished the ice cream by then? No. no. Oh. Well, Christian might be, but I'm not. No. You, you take it slow. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So one of the things with Country 107 in the late summer is uh, something called Meals on the Farm. And last year, Country 107 visited your place. Am I correct? Or recent in the... I think it was the year before. Okay. How was that? Tell me about it. That was pretty awesome. What what happened there? What did they do? Oh, they just brought us some awesome food, and we got to eat, and we invited uh, friends and family over that we've been working together with and, and helping each other and such. So it was just nice to, to share a meal and have some time together. Take a little bit Relax. of a break with some food. Yeah. So would you recommend people participate in Meal on the Farm? Oh, yeah, Totally. Get yourself registered is what you're saying. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah Schubert. I really appreciated it. I learned a lot. Well, thanks for talking to me and and listening. Yeah, and I love, uh, like I mentioned it earlier, but Lone Country Ranch on Facebook is very insightful because you see lots of different things. Sarah, you do a great job of sharing what life on the farm looks like. Well, thank you, Carly. With some humor, like Cow Appreciation Day. And then, you know, talking about uh, earlier in the spring when there was fires everywhere, mm-hmm. how you guys are having to deal with that. And then showing what the, the minutia, but it's not really minutia because it was a big deal, but even a cow that had a growth on her eye. Oh, yeah. Spot. Right? She had cancer eye. 
Yeah, and you, I, I really appreciate how you educate and share, show people what things look like on the ranch. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, you do a very good job of it. Thank you so much for your time, Sarah.